Welcome, everybody. Good to see you. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor here at Woodburn Baptist Church. If you're joining us by way of audio or video podcast, I hope it is warm where you are. God bless you. Thank you for finding us in the cafe. We love you so much, Matt Best. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of this worship service. Uh, open your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. Good luck with that. <laughs> it's in there. Uh, use the table of contents or I'll have it on the screen. Actually, Habakkuk chapter two. Uh, let's take a look at the word. It was nine years ago on a cold Sunday in November in this pulpit uh, where I stood up in front of the church and said publicly what I felt like the Lord had been saying to me privately, and it was the scariest moment of my life, and it continues to frighten me. It really, really does. Nine years ago in November uh, is when I, I first... Uh, mentioned what has come to be called the 2020 vision, the idea that I felt like God was calling our church to plant 20 churches by the year 2020, to plant or to partner in, in planting. And, and on that Sunday, I used this particular passage. So let's go right back to it. Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verse 2. And this is what the Word of God says. It's on the screen. Read it with me. Just read it from the screen here. Read it. Uh, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. This vision is for a future time. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a prophet. He'd been praying, asking God for a word for the people, asking God to come and move on behalf of his people. And God gave the prophet a vision. In the Old Testament, that word prophet literally means seer, a person who sees. They're made able to see what only God can see. And so Habakkuk was was given this vision, this, this message from God. And God gave him a very clear instruction to write the vision, simply to write the vision. So the first step for Habakkuk was to, was to write it, literally to write it, but not just to write it, to, to make it plain. It's part of the ways I struggle. It's one thing to get a message from God. It's one thing to go to God's word, but to come around and, and make it plain, make it plain so that people can understand, make it plain so people know what it is that God's calling them to do. It, it's the make it plain part that's actually usually pretty difficult for us. Uh, the, the next part is, is to run with it. He said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so what a runner can, can go with it. And, and Habakkuk say the idea was this message was so urgent. This vision's so important. It should be made so plain that that someone could run from town to town, from village to village. And this vision would be so concise that the runner would never even have to slow down. You understand? He could just run through town and shout it out and people would understand what the message is. So the idea is that God's vision has to be broadcast. It has to be spread and it has to somehow, you have to run with it. You have to make it happen. So write the vision, make it plain, run with it, and then believe in it. He said, even if it takes time, this vision is for the future. It's not going to happen immediately. It's not going to happen instantly. Some things that are important have to be waited for and believed in and, 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 and continue to lean in toward it, even when sometimes it seems like it takes a long time. So write the vision, make it plain, run with it, believe in it. That's basically the message from Habakkuk. And it's basically the message that I shared nine years ago. And we talked about the 2020 vision. It, it, it still scares me. It, it still frightens me because Nine years ago, we had, you know, a lot more time than we have now. 2020 seems a lot closer now. Write the vision, make it plain, run with it, believe in it. In in nine years, some amazing things have actually happened. Let's start here. Church called Nueva Vida Bowling Green, Bowling Green here, Warren County. Nueva Vida 
has been a Hispanic mission, a church started for Hispanic immigrants coming into our area. Nueva Vida was the very first partnership that we formed as a church. Uh, we've been a financial partner, significant financial partner for the work at Nueva Vida since the very beginning. So you could say that's the beginning of, of, of what we've been doing with the 2020 vision. After Nueva Vida came an amazing partnership with a church planter in Perry, Oklahoma. His name is Brian Ahern. Brian is the most amazing guy ever. And the funny thing is, in, in the last eight years or so, some of you have been out that direction and you've actually visited Church on the Square and Bakehouse 611 and met Brian and Tina Ahern. It's an amazing, amazing partnership and a wonderful ministry that Brian Ahern has there. I'm very, very proud to be a part of that and, and to be a partner with Brian and Tina. In Perry, Oklahoma, on the square, there's the Bakehouse and there's a banner that says, you know, Church on the Square, uh, a partner of the 2020 vision of Woodburn Baptist Church. I just think that's a hoot in Perry, Oklahoma. Franklin Community Church is what it's called now. It started out being called the Franklin Campus. That was our, our, our church start here in Simpson County. It's only seven miles up the road. Pastor Eric Walker started out as a member of our staff. We, we kept him here for six months, and then we sent him out with about 25 other church members from here at Woodburn Baptist. Franklin Community Church now is probably leading Simpson County in church attendance and in baptisms in most every other way. This is a very, very exciting church, and I am thrilled, just thrilled that we have gotten to be a partner and, and a part of what God is doing through Franklin Community Church. Y'all, it keeps going. It's pretty exciting. Lighthouse at Nolan Lake is our fourth partnership. Uh, the pastor there is Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews is an amazing man. Lighthouse is a great, great church. This past year in the Kentucky Baptist Convention, Lighthouse at Nolan Lake, a brand new church start, uh, led, the, led the state in per capita baptisms. That means not in number of baptisms, but in number of baptisms compared to the size of the church. So for Woodburn Baptist Church to do what Lighthouse did last year, we would need to baptize something like four or 500 people. Does that put it in perspective? Lighthouse at Nolan Lake, uh, one of our partners, is, is leading the state in baptisms and in growth. This is a great, great ministry. It keeps going. Ecclesia in Bowling Green, the pastor there is Tim Brown. We ordained Tim Brown here in our church, Ecclesia. Uh, sometimes they just call it Ek. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church, for called out ones, and a Tim Brown is doing an amazing job. Ecclesia now meets on Western's campus and is targeting that university community, that perimeter of Western and the students there. Ecclesia is doing really, really good work. I'm thrilled to be a partner with Ecclesia. Now, this one's great. This one's in Seattle, Washington. Sam Malanga is one of our newest partners. His church is called Bread of Life Fellowship. Absolutely amazing man, Sam Malanga, his family, they are on fire. They are planting churches in a place where it's really, really hard to plant churches. We're getting a monthly report from Sam Malanga. The first month, I'll admit, Sam, and if you watch this video, Sam, you scared me in the first month, or at least broke my heart, because his very first report said that in church I had like nine people. And I remember the day that Sam's family with us, and I think there were seven of them. So I thought, man... Church planting 
is hard. It is hard. But Sam Malanga is on fire now, and now they're going, and now they're moving. They've got two small groups, and Sam Malanga is, is talking about the multiple churches he wants to plant in and around Seattle, Washington, near, near Kent. Uh, let me see if the others will even fit on the screen. I think we're out of space on the screen. So let me just talk to you. 2017, the next church we hope to plant in this area is Journey Church. Y'all know the pastor for Journey Church? Yeah, his name is? Matt Betts, yeah. Warren County has no idea what level of insanity we're about to unleash. Uh, but yeah, God has called Matt Betts, Matt and Dawn Betts, to go and, and, and plant the church. 2017 is the year that Woodburn Baptist Church will be 150 years old. And so we want to plant Journey Church as a way of sort of commemorating what, what somebody did for us 150 years ago and sort of pay that forward. Matt and Dawn are passionate about what God will do, and God's already raising up some of you who will go with them. I, I, I just love that. And then one more. It's not official yet, but... Not official, but it it might as well be. Kelly and Trisha Lawrence, as an outgrowth of their ministry in Honduras, have now planted a church on their property called Senderos de Fe. It means trails of faith. Uh, and, and Senderos de Fe this morning in worship is likely to have 70 people from that community. It's absolutely amazing. We've been supporting Kelly and Trisha for years, and I'm excited that the fruit of their ministry now involves, involves a church plant. If you're counting, that's eight. Um, that's not 20, but it's eight, y'all. Can we just stop and celebrate that? It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Again, nine years ago, none of that was in sight because, because we don't see what God sees. We, we never see what God sees. As a matter of fact, it's hard for us to see much at all. Um, let me remind you what I've once told you about processionary caterpillars. Um, they're just caterpillars. They're about this long. They're, they're fuzzy. They you know, have a big black head with eyes. And processionary caterpillars are famous because they walk in procession. Yeah, when they travel, they eat pine needles and they move across the trees. They will get in lines. And, and one caterpillar will just sort of plant his head right against the rump of the one in front of him. And, and that one will plant his head right in the rump in front of them. They half close their eyes and they just walk. Understand, you know, just head to rump. They just walk. And these long, long lines. Google this, y'all. It's amazing. Processionary caterpillars were studied by a famous French entomologist named Jean-Henri Fabre. And Jean-Henri Fabre was fascinated with processionary caterpillars and their tendency to put head to rump and walk in these long, long lines in these processions. So Jean-Henri Fabre wondered what would happen if you were to somehow connect the front of that line to the back of the line. You understand, like make a circle. This sounds kind of twisted and cruel to me, but, but he put, he somehow coaxed processory caterpillars on the rim of a flower pot. And he put the front one, uh, his head up against the rump of the back one. So now they're in a circle. Now, now typically they just walk in this long line and they walk forever, you know, head to rump. But, but he put them on the rim of a flower pot in a circle so everyone is joined to everyone. So guess what they did? They just walked in a circle around that flower pot. They walked around and around and around. Now, what he did was he put their favorite food, whatever that is, I don't, I don't know, you know, corn dogs, in, in the middle <laughs> of the pot. And the caterpillars walked around and around. Now, they're always looking for food, and their favorite food was right in the pot, but they never went for the food. They just continued to walk round and round and round. Now, Jean-Henri Fabre, he assumed that eventually the caterpillars would sort of catch on the joke, you know, and, and, and somehow improvise and, and find a way out of this, this circle. But they never did. 
It's, it's a famous study. Google this. It's on Wikipedia. I mean, just look it up. Uh, they walked round and round and round for seven days and seven nights, and then finally, one by one, they died of exhaustion and starvation. They just walked round and round and round. It, it sounds like people. It, it sounds like a lot of people I know. It, I, actually, it sounds like a, a lot of churches I, I know. We have a horrible, horrible tendency to mistake activity for accomplishment. As a church, often we're just so busy that you would think we're actually doing something. We're so busy, you think people are actually getting saved. But as it turns out, in most of our churches, very, very few people get saved. We only have one great commission to make disciples of the world, but very little of that happens in most of our churches. As busy as we are, like processionary caterpillars, we just go round and round and around and around. And all that activity you would think would lead to accomplishment, but it doesn't necessarily make for accomplishment at all. At the same time, we mistake movement for progress. I mean, we've done all of this work. We've invested so much money as people, as churches, you would think we'd actually be getting somewhere. But often as churches, we don't go anywhere at all. Often as churches, we just continue to walk the same rut round and round and round, never actually making progress, never actually getting anywhere, not making any kind of dent in the lostness of our community. And yet we don't slow down for a moment. And somehow we mistake activity for accomplishment and movement for progress. And we actually think we're going somewhere. I thank the Lord that Woodburn Baptist Church is a church that continues to want to go somewhere. You know, if you don't really want to go anywhere, I mean, if nowhere is you, where you want to go, then, then guess what? We're already there, so we might as well die. We might as well be dead. But this church is not dead. And this church has always been a church of, of vision and growth and a true desire to serve the Lord. So let me just stop this morning, go back to where we were, and, and let's remind ourselves where we're going. What is it exactly that God has for us? And as a church, where are we moving? Well, this sermon latches on to last Sunday's sermon, so let me just remind you, we're going forward because it's the only direction that is before us. It's the only option that we have. Staying right where we are, as wonderful as this moment of our church is, and honestly, this is a great moment in Woodburn Baptist Church. I am having a ball with you people. This is fun. I could do this forever. I could do it just like this forever. This is fun. I absolutely love every Sunday morning. I love every Sunday night. I love Wednesday night. I love you people. Don't you know I love you? I mean, I practically meet you at your car door, you know, when it's time for church. I mean, I can't wait for you to get here. I love this church. I, I love everything happening in cafe. I love our children's ministry. I love our ministry with teens. I love everything about this church. If I weren't the pastor, I would choose this church out of a million. I'd still want to just be here. I, I love everything about this present moment. But staying in this present moment isn't really an option. And we can't go backwards, even though sometimes you think, wow, the old days were good. Of course the old days were good, but they're gone. The only direction that the Lord offers us is forward. The only vision that he gives us is a future vision. We just have to move forward. God is always preparing us where we are for what comes next. And always, always calling us into the future with him. He always does. Now, of course, the future is a future that only God sees, and that's what makes it hard for us because we have a hard time walking into the places where we can't see. 
You know, like the processionary caterpillar, we just rather kind of put our head down and plant it in the rump of somebody in front of us and just walk, you know, and not have to think and not have to pray and not have to take any risk. But God doesn't offer us that as an option either. He requires all of us to listen for his voice and to try to see his vision. God delights in showing us what he sees. He delights in opening our eyes. That's all he's trying to do. Open our eyes so that we can see what he sees. Because when we see what he sees, then all of a sudden we can know some of what he knows. And then we can begin to do the work that he does. See, when you share God's vision, then you share God's work. I said all this to you last week. So as God begins to reveal to us what he has for us, at the very same time, we understand what our purpose is and we begin to understand what he wants us to do, what the work he has for us is. So this is what I've told you. This is the definition of vision for for us. God's vision is a revelation of what is possible when his unlimited power meets our total obedience. It's the revelation of what is possible when, when God's unlimited power meets our total obedience. So to make it real plain and practical, the 2020 vision is a revelation of what is possible when God's unlimited power meets our total obedience. So understand, this, this planting church challenge that, that our church is, is facing, this, this vision that, that we talk about so much, it's not really a goal. Don't be confused. It's not one of those big, hairy, audacious goals that you hear about in business class. That's not what we're doing here. That's not the idea. Just to put a giant goal out there that we all lean toward and stretch toward. It's not exactly a goal. I fully believe that it's more revelation of what is possible. When God's unlimited power meets our total obedience, I think the 2020 vision church planting is just what is going to happen as we are all fully faithful. It's not a goal. It's just God showing us the future, the future that is there for us if we will step out and meet his unlimited power with our own total obedience. So I understand here, the question then is, is not whether or not God's going to show up with his unlimited power. He always does. God always shows up with his power. The question becomes, are we going to show up with total obedience? That's the question that hangs over the 2020 vision. Not does God want to see more churches because we know God wants to see more churches. You know, I go over the list of eight this morning and I know some of you are thinking, you know, brother Tim, does Warren County even need more churches? And not all of these are in Warren County, understand, but, but we're talking about another one in Warren County in 2017. I hope we plan another one in Warren County in 2019, to be honest. So, well, my goodness, brother Tim, you know, chill, dude. You know, why, why does Warren County need more churches? I passed 13 churches on my way to church this morning. I mean, I know some of you think that, but do you not understand that if we planted a church every month, if we planted a church every month in Warren County, Kentucky, we would not keep up with population growth in Warren County, Kentucky. I mean, come on, get out of Woodburn, y'all go driving around here. I mean, they're building apartments everywhere. Families are moving in. I mentioned Nueva Vida, the Hispanic mission. They're about to move out of their building. You know what's taking their place? Two Burmese congregations. They're from Burma, y'all, in Warren County. 
And if we planted a church every single month, we wouldn't be able to keep up with the people moving into Warren County. So we know that God wants these people reached. We know that God wants these people to have churches. So that's not a question. And we know that God has unlimited power to make this happen. That's not a question. The question becomes, are we going to meet God's unlimited power with our total obedience? 2020 vision can't happen unless we're completely faithful, unless we're totally obedient to what he wants us to do. So people ask me, so let's answer. People say, well, Pastor Tim, what am I supposed to do? What's expected of us? How do we fulfill this vision? What, what are you talking about when it just comes to individuals in the church? What, what, what are we supposed to do? I'll tell you. First off, simply, keep growing in Christ. We're not creating something. We're not doing something unique in all the world. We're just being the church of Jesus, doing what Jesus always has wanted his church to do. We're making disciples. We have a great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. We have a great commandment. We have a great commission. Go ye into all the world and make disciples of every creature. You understand? Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. We have a great commandment and a great commission. That's not changed. We're just making disciples. We're making disciples out of one another. And that is always going to be our main focus. We're, we're making disciples. We, we want to make a disciple out of you. So we're begging you just to keep growing in Christ. This means you continue to grow in love for him, in knowledge of him. It means that you should be in, in the word. You should be in the Bible for yourself. The only time you hear the Bible read should not be when I'm reading it to you. You should be reading it to yourself. You should be feeding on God's word for yourself. This is just discipleship. This is following Jesus. This isn't the Christian life for champions or saints or, or, or grandmas. This is the ordinary Christian life. You learn to seek Christ for yourself. And you learn to feed upon his word. And you learn to grow in conversation and prayer with God every single day. We're just asking you to keep growing in Christ. And as you grow in Christ, he's going to do something amazing for you. You're going to discover your distinct purpose why he continues to keep you on this earth. You're going to find out what kind of gifts he's put inside of you and the ways that he's calling you to go to work for him. Go to work for him. That's what I thought y'all would say. Go to work for him. Sitting in a pew on Sunday morning is a good place to start, but it's a horrible place to die. It's a horrible place to spend your entire Christian life. Christian life is not lived out on a pew. It's lived out in the world. It's lived out as you take the name of Jesus to your family, to your school, to, to, to your workplace, to your neighborhood. I mean, the Christian life is lived out as you, you know, leave your living room and go, go meet your neighbors. That's where the Christian life is lived out. It's not lived out in pews. It's lived out in your life life. So you just keep growing in Christ. We're going to make disciples. It's what we're doing. It's what we've always done. We're going to continue doing that. But notice what happens. We make disciples, and disciples make churches. New disciples need new churches. New disciples form new churches. It's nothing new. This is what Paul was doing as he traveled the Roman Empire, starting new churches. Starting churches is still the most effective means of evangelism. It's the most effective means of reaching new people. 
So we make disciples, disciples make new churches, and making more disciples makes more churches. It's just the multiplication of the gospel. It's just what happens. This has always been what churches have done. This has always been the way the gospel has spread. We make disciples. Disciples make churches, and more disciples makes more churches. So we just have to continue maintaining this this culture of multiplication. We have to make disciples out of one another. We have to grow deeper. We have to become more and more obedient to the Spirit. And then we just multiply that. We have to make more disciples. We have to multiply more leaders. And in the process of this, we're going to plant more churches, multiply more churches. It's just what happens every time the church is the church. And that's all we're trying to be, the church that Jesus wants us to be. So, so keep growing in Christ. Uh, next thing I would say is not really original. Be a doer, not just a hearer. You know, it's hard for a church to plant a church. Somewhere down the line, you've got to have somebody who's going to step up and lead. Someone who'll step up and step out and, and, and be a leader. Eric Walker is that kind of leader for us. Eric Walker, as you recall, was working in a factory in, in, in Franklin. He was the maintenance guy. He, he pushed a mop bucket around before he found his place behind a pulpit. And God has set that man on fire. Understand? So what's God calling you to do? He's calling you to be a doer and not just a hearer. Some of you have been listening to Bible study and Bible lessons for so long, you should know something by now. But, but the point is, if your only goal is to hear, you'll never get tired of hearing somehow. One way or the other, hearers have to become doers. The, the real test of whether or not you're growing in Christ is not how much you've heard, but how much you begin to do. The gospel has to b- become incarnate in your life. You have to put flesh on it and take it out into the world. We need you to be a doer. Ask God what he wants you to do. We need people of all kinds to go to work around here. I mean, it's not just the, the churches that God wants to plant through us. It's the life and health of this church right here. If we're really going to make disciples out of all of us, you understand, we have quite a few people in small group Sunday school classes here in the next hour, but not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. We'll have perhaps 600, maybe 700 people in worship today, but not that many people at all in small group Bible study. We're not exactly making disciples out of even the people that that, that come here. We need to do better. I'd like us to do better at that next year, but enable to, to, to just try to incorporate maybe 50 or 60% of our congregation in small group Bible study, we would need 15 new small group leaders, 15 new leaders. You understand? It goes back to 15 people who will no longer just be content to be in a class, but are willing to go lead a group. Understand? We need doers. We have lots of hearers. We need more doers. And something tells me that God is calling a number of you to to step out and start doing more, to start doing something. I'm not just saying get busier at church. I'm talking about growing to know the Lord and to love him and finding out exactly what it is he's put inside of you so that you can be useful for his kingdom. I'm not just trying to make you busy. I'm trying to make you faithful, faithful to to be a doer and, and, and not just a hearer. Pastor Tim, what do you want us to do? I, I want you to pray. 
want you to pray for yourself. Ask God what he has for you. Ask God to show you exactly what it is that he wants you to do to to advance his kingdom, to spread the gospel. Ask him. Pray about yourself, about your own life. Pray for our church. Pray that everybody will be fully faithful and fully, totally obedient to God. Pray that we will experience his his unmatched presence and his unlimited power in this place so that we can go into the world and have a real impact for the gospel. Just pray. Pray your guts out. Pray for the 2020 vision. Pray that God will make us faithful. Pray that God will show us the next step, the next partner. Pray that God will just make this happen because only God can make this happen. Pray. Just pray. Pray every time you get together as church members. Pray for the 2020 vision. Pray for me. Pray for our church. Pray for its leadership. Pray for more leaders. Just pray. Pray. Uh, And then pray some more. You understand? Pray. And then... Give. Ah, I knew this was going to come down to money. Well, of course you knew it was going to come down to money. Well, you think planting a church is free? Well, you think that's free? It's really difficult, and and everything costs money. And and, and the eight churches I can put on the list, man, somebody's putting some money out to make those things happen. And and none of those churches are living high on the hog. We're not not building crystal cathedrals here. But but, but it takes resources. It it takes money. And and honestly, God's blessed our church. And and God continues to bless our church. Let's give. Let's give. Journey Church is going to launch out in 2017. Let's send them out in a big way. Let's make sure they have the resources they need. You know why so many new church starts fail? You know, I first started talking about church planting. Some of you say, well, Brother Tim, I, I can't tell you. All my life, I've seen no storefronts where they paint, you know, a new church on the front. And it's, it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Well, why do you think it's here today and gone tomorrow? Because most of the time, nobody supports new churches. Churches feel threatened. Churches get jealous. Churches get defensive. You plant a new church in a community and you would think the other churches would, would get excited and, and, and form a circle and, and join hands with a new partner for the gospel, but it usually doesn't work that way. Churches get territorial. Churches don't always welcome new churches. It's not like any one of us is, is setting the woods on fire. You know, we act like, no, we don't need any help, but we all need help. We're not getting it done. I mean, I don't care if somebody comes and plants a church in our front yard. I I wish they wouldn't. I wish it would grow. I mean, that would be fantastic because you know what? We're really not reaching the people in our own front yard. Maybe somebody could. Maybe somebody would. I mean, a new church is not a threat. A new church is a welcome partner and a giant commission to reach the world with the gospel. We need all the churches we can get. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't see it that way, and new churches do not receive support. They don't don't get a lot of help. But but let's not be that church. Let's not feel threatened. Let's not be territorial. Whatever God has given us, just just pass it right on to somebody who's going to do his work. As long as the work gets done, that's all that matters. And if God recognizes that we're faithful to give, then God will trust us with more and more so we can just keep on giving. You, you, You give. Some of you aren't going to be a church planter, and you're probably not going to go out on a team to to launch a new church, and you're never going to make a drive to Seattle or Perry, Oklahoma, but you can pray and you can give. So pray and give as much as you possibly can. Just pray and just give. It's going to take a lot of resources, and we've still got a long way to go before we die. Pray and give. Pray and give and go. 
This is where some of you will think I'm crazy. Matt Betts, when he came onto our staff, Matt Betts said he felt like the 2020 vision was what was drawing him. He wanted to be a part of that. From the day we hired him, we all knew that Matt Betts was going to plant a church. He's going to be a great pastor. I mean, he already is. Isn't he just fantastic? I mean, he's just the best. He's just the best. Every time he steps in his pulpit, he preaches the best sermon that's ever been preached in this pulpit. I mean, he's just amazing. And we're going to send him out. He, he's going to go. Man, part of me hates that. I love this guy. Don't tell him. I love this guy. I love working with him. He is so dumb and funny. I mean, he is. He is just so funny, but so passionate for Christ. You're really passionate for Christ, man. I, I could just kind of huddle up with, with the staff we have right now. I, I could do this forever. I could work with Matt Betts forever. But, you know, that's what heaven is. In heaven, we're going to get Matt Betts for breakfast, lunch, and supper for all eternity. You understand? We're, we're going to have an eternity with, with Matt and Dawn. Right now, God says, go. And we want them to be fully faithful to what God is calling them to do. That They need to go. But you know what? God may call some of you to go with them. Now, now part of me, I, I just, like I say, I, I want to I pull everybody in close. I, I don't want to see people leave, but I want to I see people in Bowling Green reach with the gospel. And, and this church has a whole lot of really good people. Something tells me that this church has enough good people, enough leaders, and enough really gifted people for two or three churches. I mean, something tells me God's going to call a lot of you to go. Well, Pastor Jim, what happens if everybody ups and leaves? Well, I don't really think that God is ever going to not bless us as long as we're doing his work. I mean, yeah, Matt Betts is going to leave a hole, and God's going to send somebody else to fill it. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, we didn't have Matt Betts before we had Matt Betts. I mean, you know, God just sends people in. And, and I expect 25 people or so, 50 people could go with Matt Betts and plant Journey Church. And, and I'm going to celebrate that. And I'm going to cry when nobody's looking. But, but I'm going to celebrate that. Well, well, Brother Tim, some of those people could be good givers. And they're walking right at our door, taking their tithes to Journey Church. Well, let them take their tithe to Journey Church. Journey Church is really going to need resources. You know, we can't be selfish. We can't be small-minded, small-hearted. We can't be small-minded or short-sighted. It's about the gospel. It's about us being truly faithful and totally obedient. And something tells me that the world's not going to get reached as long as we hold on so tightly to what God has blessed us with. Let's just give it away. And that includes our people. And that includes our money. And that includes everything God gives us. It's just a resource for reaching the world with the gospel. Everything we have is just a resource for reaching the world with the gospel. So pray and give, and some of you are going to be led to go. And if God says go, you go. You go. You, you go with Matt Betts. Or maybe God is calling you to plant a church somewhere else. You go. You go. You do exactly what God calls you to do. God may send you overseas. God may send you to Haiti. God may send you to Honduras. God may send you to Indonesia. God may send you anywhere in the world. If God sends you, you have to go. And if God is calling you, we will make sure that you are sent with blessings and a church that will always love and support you. Do you understand? If God's says go, you have to go. Pray, give, go. 
Because God has sort of shown us this picture. It's, it's not a dream. It's not a goal. It's just a vision of, of a future that's possible when God's unlimited power is met with our complete obedience. And, and when that happens, when we do everything God's calling us to do as individuals and as a church, and, and when God meets our obedience with his power, there's going to be a multiplication of disciples that comes from that and a multiplication of churches that comes out of that. Something like the 2020 vision, that, that, that's what we've been calling it. It's not enough just to get a vision. You have to make it plain. I'm not always good at that. Would y'all pray for me that, that I can learn to make it plainer, that I can learn to speak more plainly about what God's asking us to do, calling us to do? Because it's got to be plain so people can run with it. And you are the ones that God is calling to run with it. You have to run with this. And honestly, we don't have enough time for you to stroll along at a leisurely pace. You need to run with this. Run. And believe in it. Even as the days and the weeks and the months tick by, sometimes it seems like time goes really fast. Sometimes it seems like time goes really slow. It sure doesn't seem like enough churches are getting planted if you're trying to get to 2020. But honestly, it's, it's not about trying to get to 2020. It's just about trying to be totally obedient to what God is asking us to do right now today. If we were totally obedient today and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, if we were just obedient to the Lord, 2020 takes care of itself. Just be obedient today. Understand, because there's a vision. It's plain. We need to run with it. We need to believe in it. Because the Lord says, it will surely take place. It will surely take place. Let's pray about it. Most anything else would be easier, Lord. Goals that we might set for ourselves, we would probably make them easier. But this is not a goal, Lord. It's a revelation. It's a picture of what our church would look like down the road if, if we could walk down this road with total obedience. So, so Lord, make us obedient. Make us willing to uh, daily make the sacrifices necessary that we ourselves can grow to be more like you, Christ. Help us to be people in the word, people at prayer, Lord, people who are serving you every single day, people who live lives of obedience, people who already are so taken over by the gospel, Lord, that there's nothing that we wouldn't do for the sake of it, Lord. Make us to be those kinds of disciples. Let this be a church that continues to, to train and create, make those kinds of disciples, Lord, because those kinds of disciples change the world. Help us to be the world-changing kind of disciples, the, the kind that take the gospel everywhere, Lord. And even as we go as far as Indonesia and Haiti and all around the world, Lord, may we never, ever overlook the world that is in our back door. May we never neglect Bowling Green, Warren County. Lord, the number of refugees, the number of internationals, the number of new families moving in is staggering. 
and the responsibility that we as churches have to reach them, Lord, is staggering. The only thing that can make this possible is when your unlimited power is met with our total obedience, Lord. We know that you will show up with power. We pray that you will help us to show up with total obedience. Lord, I pray for this church. I pray for these people that I love. I ask you, Lord, to help them to be people who dream big dreams and people who are willing, Lord, to make great sacrifices to do whatever it is you're calling them to do. Lord, we love being together in our big group, in our small groups, where we just love each other. But help us to love you more. Help us to love the world more. Help us to love the gospel more. We can be together forever in heaven, Lord, but in the time that we have here, Lord, we have a purpose and a mission to fulfill. Help us to live lives on mission. Help us, Lord, to see this vision you have given us. Help it, Lord, to be plain in our eyes. Help us to run with it. Help us to believe in it. Help us, Lord, to long for the day when because of your promise and your power, it will surely take place. Lord, let it be so. Let the work you want to do in the world begin in this church. Let it begin with me. Pray these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.